30 minutes or less, we talk about movies and stuff. Hello and welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes or Less. And we have a, as reiterated in all the other episodes, and guess what? I'm going to keep doing this because this microphone is changing lives. Mine, Peter's, and it's going to be Frank's now. Hello, Frank. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Frank is... I don't know how to. I don't know how to say this. You're an intern, I guess, or writing associate. Associate writer <laughs> on the podcast. Jun- junior partner <laughs> <laughs> to the podcast. Yeah, you've been um, writing a couple of articles on the pod- on the Facebook page for us. What have you written actually? Now that I, um, now that I asked that, because I don't actually pay attention to all the writing, because that's Peter's domain. Yeah, I've reviewed the lighthouse. And that's it. <laughs> so, so far. Um, but I've got a review of Motherless Brooklyn coming. So, yeah. yeah. How did you come across that, by the way, in terms of actually writing for us? Because we've never had someone who actually cares about the podcast enough to like say, hey, can I write for you guys? Because it's a very new domain for us. Uh, yeah, I just, I was seeing the reviews come across my timeline. Hmm. Uh, probably because you shared them and probably just because I'd seen the page before. So. Yeah. I was, um, I came across it that way and then I was sitting there thinking like, I wonder, like, it's just Peter and Yasseth writing. So I was like, may as well just see, like, do they need anyone to write? And like, I got free time, so. Yeah, but you do realize we've met before and that didn't deter you from the fact that it like, from the fact of messaging me, like, you know what I'm like and that was okay. That wasn't like the big of a deal. It was a massive deterrent, but (laughs) I'm employed. (laughs) You needed some kind of experience. You needed something. Beggars can't be choosers. No, that's sick, dude. Thanks, thanks for actually writing for us. Like, yeah, no, that's all good. Let's get straight into it, though. What are we talking about for our main movie um, later on, Frank? We're talking about, uh, what was it? Um, Rocky. We are talking about Rocky. I'm surprised, actually, none of us have talked about it in the past. I'm sure we've, like, I think we've talked about Creed, Peter and I, yeah. in one of the past I episodes. Imagine. Rocky's obviously one of the best movies, or one of the most well-known movies in the last century, and in film history, I guess, you could say. You reckon? Yeah. Or? Oh, it's definitely one of the, like, iconic kind of movies it's definitely like that 70s generation Mm. of movies it's probably the most iconic like timeless movie from that suite and so much so that it's spilt over into a whole other like subculture of creed movies now do you know how many sequels there i wrote this down because there's a lot well there's there's rocky one through six or balboa (laughs) yeah 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 then you've got Creed 1 and 2 and then Creed 3 I'm assuming you'll fight like Clubber Lang's son or something at some point at the right at right now there's 8 films in the franchise which is ridiculous from from the humble steps of how Rocky first started out and we'll talk about Sylvester Stallone a little bit and how that came about once we talk about Rocky but as we do when we have a guest on I mean you're not really a guest though Frank you're pretty much a partner yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Partner that we see and hear very little from. (laughs) (laughs) With the one contribution that you've done. For one article. If you haven't read it yet, feel free to give it a read. You know what? We're going to put it in the link in the description. Uh, What was it again? What's the the review that you've done? The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Good movie? Yeah, great. It's (laughs) it's definitely worth a watch. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, Yeah, let's get to know you a little bit. So, I've got you to um, give me some of your favorite movies and TV shows from your past. Yeah, but just um, off the top of your head, what are some of your movies and TV, well, favorite movies and TV shows that come to your mind when I ask that question? The first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, The Godfather, as basic as it is, um, <laughs> but like that would probably be my favorite movie ever. And then there's some other like great movies. I mean, um, Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Do you say The Godfather because you were perusing through IMDb when I asked that question? You're like, what's a good movie? <laughs> what's to put a good on movie? There? Just pick number one. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's it's it kind of speaks for itself. I would imagine everyone, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. So, see, The Godfather is one of those movies that's obviously like uh, critically loved. But it's also one of those movies that came out in the past. And a lot of our listeners don't like the past. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like all the nice, like, CGI visual effects. Actually, that might be... CGI might not be the right word. But you know know what I mean? It's like, if you're not into film, you might not have seen The Godfather. So why do you like it so much? Is it just appeal to you? Like, Like, oh, just in terms of, like, the layers that it has. It's one of those movies you're like you'd rewatch it and like every time you pick up something different and like something new to like about it as well as the fact like those actors are like the actors that like my like parents grew up idolizing and then mm. like they kind of push me towards watching that. who's in who's in the godfather again marlon brando's the obviously. marlon brando's the the main although al pacino has more screen time and lines in it but um marlon that's brando's I'm glad that you mentioned that um, because that's they play the same character in The Godfather. They're obviously The Godfather, but Al Pacino's a younger version. Is that right? No. So how it oh. works is um, Marlon Brando is Vito mm-hmm. and then Al Pacino is uh, Michael. And then in oh, right. The Godfather Part 2, Robert De Niro plays a young version of Vito and his story plays out next to Michael's story playing out. Ah, right, right. Okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, so yeah. in both... So... Marlon Brando won the best actor for the first movie mm. and Al Pacino was nominated but didn't win for supporting actor and that was controversial because most people realised that Al Pacino was in the movie more <laughs> in terms of lines and spoken screen, dialogue yeah, and... spoken dialogue and screen time but Brando was the main name on the marquee for those that don't know about The Godfather what is it? like it's just uh, like a crime family kind oh, it's of... a crime family drama but it's more a family drama with the backdrop of their criminal activity kind of mm. in the background but it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch it's just one of those movies that you kind of just have to get around to watching at some point mm. what makes uh, The Godfather because I got you to write that list as I mentioned earlier The Godfather's number one you've also got two others that are very similar not the same but you've got Goodfellas which is another crime drama centered yeah. around a crime family and you've got Scarface which is sort of I, have, I, have, I haven't actually seen Scarface so I'm going to stop talking and not expose myself I haven't even watched The Godfather I haven't watched most of these I haven't watched The Godfather no I haven't watched Scarface <laughs> yeah, alright I was going to say was, you, can, was, you can tell hey when I said oh yeah, yeah all, like, mate, all mate what's his name was all mate might need, I might need something alcoholic to get through this <laughs> I haven't watched The Godfather what about what's the difference between Goodfellas Scarface like is, do you do you centre yourself around kind of like that crime family or that crime genre Are you do you froth that yeah, more than just, anything else just being attacked you know and being a uh, uh, connected to criminals no um <laughs> well no. what's that around your neck frank what, what, what is <laughs> well, that just, for those who can't see just a cross i got for baptism <laughs> but um 18 carats no um, <laughs> um no so just like um the main difference with that's probably the movie genre that i kind of froth the most but like yeah that's um it doesn't no, define who you are does it no i wouldn't say that offer personal inspiration. <laughs> oh, okay. But um, the main difference with those movies is just, like, the pacing of them is completely different. To what you normally would see in the cinema and, like, a random oh, other... Just just from each other, like, in terms of, like, the pacing of those three stories and how they kind of unfold is completely different. Right. It's made even more clear, like, the difference when you read the screenplays. 
um, like the original Oh, you're one of those, are you? Yeah, well, I'm trying to write a screenplay at the moment. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Hell yeah, dude, yeah. I'm tr- so I'm trying to read more scripts to kind of get used to how that how these movies come across on paper before they're movies. That's awesome. Hell um, yeah. But yeah, just in terms of those movies, like the pacing on them is complete. Like the way Goodfellas is, um, is shot as well is completely different in terms of... Um, Goodfellas is largely a true story mm. for the most part as well. Um, yeah, that's like... There's like they're so different. Like it's easy to like put them in one genre, but like they're completely different films. Yeah, but a lot of people I imagine wouldn't have seen Goodfellas purely because it's one of those older films, and I feel like our fan base kind of focuses around those bigger films. You know, films. yeah. When I say like Star Wars, I think I'm dumbing down the audience a little bit and alienating <laughs> them when I say that. I, say, I was like, you're not giving these listeners enough credit. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, sh- I really because I, I don't, I have um, a lot of the listeners that we do have our our friends and families and I, I don't ever I never talk about Goodfellas with them so okay. like if you have watched Goodfellas if you have watched The Godfather if you have watched Scarface mention it in the comments below I I'm genuinely want to have a conversation with you about these films because they're great and I haven't seen them so it gives me an excuse to see them yeah. um, but you've also written down Inglorious Bastards great film thank oh, you for mentioning it that's the that's the best Tarantino film ever in my opinion controversially but <laughs> wait hold on is that yeah i'd agree with that kill bill one and two is pretty good oh, too. pulp fiction pulp is, fiction pulp fiction is the the fan the globally accepted Best masterpiece film. of that's his magnum opus according to most people but i mean it's the first film that really stuck into people's minds apart from reservoir dogs i guess but reservoir yeah. Dogs was pretty good as well but i think pulp fiction almost cemented tarantino as a genre you like, reckon like Tarantino almost became a genre with Pulp Fiction. Just yeah. like the way it's written, like some of the dialogue and just like the way, the way it comes off the page and the way it, the the movie's pace is just it's a, like it's electric. It's yeah, to watch. but that doesn't mean that Tarantino would have been like who he is now without actually putting out the hits. He kept on going and going. Pulp yeah. Fiction could have been one of those things that oh yeah, this guy Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, it could have been a one-off. It could have been yeah. a one-hit wonder. But he came up with things like Django Unchanged. Uh, the Hateful Eight, which not as much people like, but it was still a really great film, yeah. as well as Inglorious Bastards. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, obviously, um, he's had there's varying levels of success. Like, uh, I mean, one like for even his most recent movie, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that divides opinion. Like, mm. I know a lot of people didn't like it. <laughs> I like it personally, but um, in terms of like um, Tarantino, it's hard to be a one hit wonder when you establish a style that is just so successful. That, like, even though you're not going to execute it to the same level of success every time, once you establish a style that distinctive and people, it really resonates with people, I think it's tough for it not to be successful. Yeah. That's, like, what a lot of people are saying right now about um, the, the Parasite director. Mm. Like, a lot of people say in terms of, like, Korean films, he almost is a genre. Like, he has a style that is completely his own, and that's why a lot of people gravitate to his movies when they wouldn't typically gravitate to a lot of... Korean foreign films. And I can understand that... I'm not too familiar, too familiar with... Um, oh, I can't remember his name at all. Bung Joon-ho? I think, I think that's it. Bung Joon-ho. Um, sorry it. to all the Parasite fans. I'm so sorry <laughs> for butchering his name. Um, but with Quentin Tarantino, I think he's kind of like dug himself into a hole, which is not necessarily a bad thing because he's made a lot using that hole in terms of making his own genre. So when you think of Quentin Tarantino, yeah. he kind of typecasts himself a little bit. Oh yeah, that's a Quentin Tarantino film. Tarantino film. It's got lots of blood and gore and it's guts and it's great. I love it. I love all the action. Yeah. But obviously, for those who have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's not the same kind of effect. No, it's um, it's very meta. Yeah. Compared to his other films. It talks about Hollywood 
in a very intimate yeah. way. Well, it's a timepiece movie. Mm. Um, and it's a really accurate timepiece movie, whereas, um, like, Inglorious Bastards, as great as it is, I wouldn't give it a ton of points for accuracy. <laughs> no, which is not what you're watching Inglorious Bastards for. No, definitely not. And that's not the point of Inglorious Bastards. That's, those are some of your favourite movies, Frank. I've also gotten you to pick some of your favourite... TV. TV shows, and you, you've got a great list here. Mm. Number one, Mad Men. Number two, Breaking Bad. Number three, Spongebob. Number four, How I Met Your Mother. There's no shame about Spongebob. <laughs> and number five, Simpsons. Yeah. Give us a little bit of an insight into the mind of Frank Strati. What, 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 why Mad Men, number one, and why putting Spongebob in the mix as well? Because they're very different. What's, uh, what's up with that, mate? Oh, well, Spongebob's nostalgia, but I just think there's, like, very few shows that I think just everyone... Like, how many TV shows or movies can you think of where you just put it on and everyone in a room, like, kind of regardless of the age mm. and, like, the preference will be happy with it? Like, Spongebob. Not a lot. At least at least older Spongebob yeah. is, like, has that effect. Like, adults can watch it and, mm. like, kids can watch it. It's just great. Um, in terms of Mad Men number one, Ma- Mad Men is just one of the... Mad Men is just, like, an exhibition of, like, great, great writing just in terms of like <laughs> the character arcs are really perfect um like the the show it doesn't feel like super quick paced but like every like it's really engaging um the dialogue's real well written it's just uh it's just a great show to watch can it's, i just can i just um say um what's for those who are interested what's your degree like what are you studying under because you're in uni aren't you advertising advertising <laughs> yeah right perfect so madman watcher yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you see yourself as a bit of a don draper kind of character when you grow up you kind of looking towards that kind of oh, career no. path <laughs> no, i mean wait in terms of in terms of the career path i'd love to have his career path but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but um in terms of being don draper well the point of don draper is no one can really be don draper but mm. i had I had good parents, so <laughs> I have good parents. You can so tell that I haven't watched the show, hey. Yeah. You can tell that I haven't watched a <laughs> yeah. lot of the shows There's and a... movies that you mentioned. Yeah, Don Draper's got a lot of problems. <laughs> um, would you definitely recommend it to someone who doesn't necessarily love advertising, but as a good show? Yeah, it's just a great show. It's mm. like, it's up there with like The Wire, Breaking Bad, um, Game of Thrones. It's just one of those re- really well-written, well-acted, tight shows. All right, Frank. What are we talking about? What's our main movie? So, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for those that don't know, I'm sure a lot of people do know Rocky. Yeah. Um, but I don't know anything about this audience. I just um, alienated them by saying they don't know anything about The Godfather. So, I'm going to stop talking for a little bit. And I'm going to get you to, for those that genuinely have no idea what Rocky is, um, to explain what Rocky, 1976, the first movie in the franchise, is... Yeah. And just what happens in it, really. Give us a little bit of lowdown. And just to reiterate, obviously, we're going to be talking about um, spoilers and things like that. So yeah. if you haven't watched Rocky and if you want to um, watch Rocky before... It's only 40 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, spoilers ahead. So, Frank, give us a little bit of a rundown. Yeah, so basically it's the like underdog story of like Rocky Balboa, who's a boxer in Philadelphia, and he lucks into a title shot. Mm. Um, for the heavyweight crown and it's just about his rise to getting ready for that fight and mm. the personal triumph and the downfall surrounding him mm. it's it's nothing new in in a in a boxing film like it's not like the most unique plot would you say or what what makes it different uh, from other other films like uh raging bull for example that came out a little bit earlier uh no it was it beat was raging it bull it was four years 
earlier than Raging Bull. Was it really? Yeah, Raging Bull was 1980. You're, you're, people obviously can tell now that I, I don't know, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. A lot of people think Raging Bull came out first because it's in black. Like it was. Martin Scorsese's deliberate choice to differentiate it from Rocky. Very um, true. Came out in 1980 as opposed to 1976. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so. Um, in terms of, I mean, Raging Bull is a completely different um, film. I mean, Stallone's is almost the, like, Stallone's Rocky is almost the classic underdog story that's basically gets ripped off by, like, the Mighty Ducks and, like, mm. a ton of other, like, Longest Yard. and Although I think the Longest Yard might have been first. I'm feeling Bit, well, between the Mighty Ducks and the Longest Yard? Yeah, like, or just, I mean, in terms of all those kind of sports movies that are, um, like, those underdog sports movies where, like, people rise up and they, like... Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to know when these movies came out, because I obviously have lost all credibility. (laughs) But, um, Um, it's that kind of underdog story that it started off kind of like a movement, you would say? Could you say? Yeah, well, it almost started that kind of, that genre of, like, sports movies with that underdog kind of... Mm. So, I mean, Raging... Like, I mean, in terms of Rocky, but in terms of Raging Bull, which is a totally different, that's almost more like, that's almost like more operatic. It's almost like a operatic kind of, because Scorsese admitted he had no interest in boxing. Mm. De Niro bought him the proposal for that film and he really had no, didn't want to make it. Mm. Um, But eventually, like, he persuaded him to do it and Scorsese admitted that he made the, he made the fights more dream sequences there's a lot more fights in raging bull than there are rocky rocky's like a build up to one big fight whereas that's true yeah um raging bull is a lot of shorter um more like looking through the life and what made this guy jake lamada tick really like these more dream sequency kind of um artistic licensed kind of like feeling towards it kind of or yeah um yeah like it was more it was more artsy right um rocky for example in terms of what makes rocky so great i think it is like the relatability of rocky um just in terms of like like the mark of like in my opinion the mark of like great a great boxing movie because there's a lot of boxing movies now and there were ones before rocky i'm pretty sure like cinderella man and stuff like that came out before it Hmm. but um the mark of like a great boxing movie almost is to what extent do you care about the characters that uh, the characters and the people and what they're doing that isn't boxing mm. and i think rocky is really good at making you care about like all the drama and stuff like the first 45 minutes of the movie like you see like one pretty ragtag not that um well put together fight and then you like have 40 minutes of exposition and then like rocky fights um sorry rocky gets the offer to fight apollo creed and that's like at the 50 minute mark of the movie Mm. Um, only because what like uh, Apollo Creed's original fighter like drops out or something like that yeah it's, yeah um, something green breaks his hand yeah yeah whatever. yeah but that's um, not really the point it's just that he gets that opportunity and gets to actually show yeah. what he's made of kind of thing or yeah well it's it's just important that they don't just jump straight into um into that fight happening just purely because like you need to build up Rocky as like the guy that you want to root for because like as a kid, when I watched it, I wanted Apollo Creed to win. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I just thought Apollo Creed was the coolest. Right, That's Apollo Creed was just the man. Like Carl you didn't, Levin you didn't see him awesome. as like that antagonist figure, or no? I mean, was... that's what he's made out to be. No, not really. Or I mean, 
yeah, yes and no, because you see the story from Rocky's perspective, but there's no reason not to like Apollo Creed. Even Rocky likes Apollo Creed. Mm. <laughs> even Rocky's like, um, like, um, even Rocky thinks Apollo Creed's the best. Like he says it. Mm. Um, so, I mean, like that's, but that's what makes it a good movie that like, if like Apollo Creed was just this completely hateable dickhead, like, which is what you can see in a lot of the films, um, yeah, following like, like with Creed and stuff like Creed one, like the guy in Creed one, you're not meant to like that guy at all, no. the villain character. Creed two is a bit better because they make Drago, Victor Drago a bit more. He has empathetic. a bit more substance, and he you can yeah. see why he's. He's a bit from. more of an empathetic villain, but I just don't think, in terms of Creed two, that the script was as. Who um, does he fight in Creed two? Victor Drago. Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. Creed two basically picks up from Rocky four, where he Apollo Creed loses to Ivan Drago, yeah. and then son the two sons fight. You know, what, before we before we um, jump a little bit, can we do a little bit of a chronological look at what happens in each film, just so. We yeah. know what's going on. So Rocky obviously uh, fights uh, what's his name um, Apollo Creed in the and first film, and he loses. Um, but he gains respect of everyone as a yeah. legitimate boxing threat. Yeah, and then he rematches him in number two and wins. Mm-hmm. And, and then number three, he like he has his long title reign, and he builds up a bunch of um, accolades and belts and defenses and money. Mm. And he right as he's about to retire, he fights gets goaded into fighting Clubber Lang and he loses. And Clubber Lang is Mr. T. Yeah. Um, and that, he loses in that fight in Rocky 3, is that yeah. right? he loses and then Apollo Creed trains him after his trainer dies and then um, he wins. Mm. And then Rocky 4 is like the Cold War. Yeah. <laughs> the Cold War propaganda. Which is, um, which is pretty much like a prequel to Creed 2. But basically he versus... Apollo Creed is fighting Victor Drago. Sorry, uh, Ivan yeah. Drago. Ivan Drago, yeah. And he gets killed in the ring by him. And then Rocky beats Ivan Drago. To avenge his fallen friend. Um, yeah. And then in Rocky 5, what happens there? I... He fights... Uh, well, he... He's retired. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he is. And he trains um, Tommy Morrison. Um, Who's like this random guy like in his gym or something. He takes over the the coaching duties at his gym, trains him. Turns out he's like a dick. Like he doesn't actually care about anything. Rocky beats him up in a street fight. Yeah, to show him a lesson. What's the worst movie in the series? Really? Comfortably. (laughs) What about Rocky Six though? That's that <coughs> one's the name, Rocky Balboa, and it's his comeback towards the yeah, big, big so, stage. He's like sixty at that point. Or something, yeah, he right? fights like the heavyweight champion of the world because like a video game simulation said that like Prime Rocky would beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fights this guy and makes it to decision and loses. It's <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not it's very... not very good. Okay, <laughs> it's also not good. But um, effectively, you can almost just rule out. I mean, very. Like, there's a couple good scenes in Rocky Five and Six, like, um, the Mickey scene and, um... Him talking to his son, maybe, like, in the sixth one? Yeah, um, that's, like, a good scene as well, but, like, for the most part, they're fairly forgettable movies, and then Creed almost... It doesn't retcon them, but, like... No. It picks up, like, the only really important details you would need from Five and Six are that Paulie and Adrian have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, really. And then it picks up from there, and Rocky's like alone, and he's got a restaurant, and Michael B. Jordan wants to. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan wants to just chill out. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan wants to um, 
sorry, Adonis creates <laughs> fight, so Rocky trains him, and then... Which picks up from the fourth movie where you see his father dies, but he never gets to meet his father, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and, yeah so that's that's effectively the rundown mm. of it. Mm. Um, like, they're, like, they're good movies. Um, one, and, one, two, and three, I think, are the... the that's the Rocky trilogy in my mm. mind. Um, Not four. Four is very impactful, though. You um, see, like, it, you see Apollo Creed, like, they're making that relationship really, like, their bond is solidified. Then he dies. Yeah. No, I you mean, wouldn't include that in that in that quartet in a quartet. Just um, yes and no, but just like it was the first one that felt kind of gimmicky. Like three had some like the like the exhibition fight with Hulk Hogan at the start and <laughs> yeah. like. Like, a bunch of other things with it weren't perfect, but, like, it was a good movie. It was, like, a solid movie, and there was, like, a good story and stuff like that, whereas 4 just felt very, um, very gimmicky. Like, you've got all this weird stuff, like, Paulie's got a robot or something. I like, saw that, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. yeah, it's just not, like, I don't consider it on the level of the first three, which right. I think is fairly common, but, um... Because people don't really resonate with someone who's achieved. Like, you you, you love Rocky because it's from rags to riches. Or, like, more, like, rags to yeah. respect. You see him, like, work his way through. And in the first three movies, it kind of emulates that over and over again? Or Yeah, I mean, well, not as much three. Three, he's successful. And the whole premise of three is that he loses to Clubber Lang. Or Mickey doesn't want him fighting Clubber Lang because he has become... He's he's not hungry anymore. Because right. he's he's the best now and he's beaten everyone and he's proven everything. Yeah. But, um, just like, I think the thing that made the original, th- like two at least really good were that, um, the, re- the original two, like the characters were like multidimensional, like, like it wouldn't, have, like, I don't think it's a particularly hot take. Like I guarantee there would have been people who watch Rocky one and two and probably like me as a kid wanted Apollo Creed to win. Mm. Like, because he was just such a well-written, he was just a likable character, even though he's meant to be the villain. Like, mm. if they, like, the worst thing they could have done with Rocky 1 was instead of making Apollo Creed kind of likable, it could have made Apollo Creed a massive dick. Mm. Which is like, what a lot of films do. Yeah, which is what Creed 1 did. Mm. Um, but Creed 1, I think... Um, you see the reconciliation towards the end in Creed 1 between the villain, well, the villain, quote, yeah, the quotes. Yeah, the villain on... And Adonis, but I think with Creed One, you could get away with making the villain a bit more of that cookie cutter kind of mold because it wasn't really about the villain. It's more about Adonis and Rocky and what's going on with like their personal lives. With Rocky One and Two, like it's building, it's building up the, um, it's building up Rocky and stuff. The other thing is with Creed One, the stakes have to feel higher just purely because Adonis Creed hasn't really done much to earn the idea that he's like he deserves a title shot whereas Rocky it makes it makes mm. sense it's like the novelty fight and Rocky's trained a ton and stuff like that mm. so yeah there's just a lot of differences but I think like one and two just stand alone as like the best movies in terms of they're just like they're just much better than the rest of them and then three is a really fun fairly well written script and then four is like so gimmicky but like mm. still good fun but like I view Rocky as, like, a trilogy, and then 4 is like, eh, four's good. Yeah. That's pretty much the end of this episode. I guess people uh, have... What what do they have to look forward to, Frank, again? So what do you what do you have on the on your on your mind bank, ready to be written out for the listeners and for the people who are waiting for your reviews? Because well, you've got The Lighthouse. Yeah, well, for this week, two assignments. <laughs> um, and then after that... Um, 
What were the two? After that, um, Honey Boy and Marvelous Brooklyn. Easy. Um, This episode will probably come out way after that, hopefully, um, depending on whether I'm bothered to actually edit it. Uh, so fingers crossed about that, uh, and I and I promise to all the listeners, I won't. I'll stop alienating you and assume you watch all these films. Yeah, so. well, there was a there was that greatest trilogy of all time tournament you guys ran. Godfather, Godfather, I think made it to like the quarters or something. Something like that. I think that. it got eliminated by like Toy Story, which I like. That was tough for me because I love both of those trilogies. You you put it what number four? No, sorry, number three in your list. So it's. Uh, Godfather or Toy Story? Toy Story, number three. Godfather, number one. Scarface, number two. Toy Story, number three. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I love... Oh my god, I could go on forever about Toy Story. Um, <laughs> no, so... Yeah, I'm shocked though. Rocky, I mean, I guess Rocky isn't a trilogy because four, five, and six exist, but I would have thought Rocky 1, 2, and 3 would have made it. I think it just gives us an excuse to actually do this again and have more films out there. And yeah. Maybe Terminator? Just... Terminator. Oh, but Terminator, I guess, is only really one. I mean, Matrix is a trilogy. I mean, if you can stomach watching... Whatever Terminator. whatever excuse we can come up with, really. Like, yeah. just good film franchises. That could be the, the next um, denomination of what is um, qualified on a, on a bracket. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. But regardless, thank you so much for coming on, Frank. Um, one last question. Do you want to plug anything? Do you have social media that you want to plug? If people... Think, oh yeah, this Frank character's alright. I want to, I want to see what he's up to. I want to see what he has to offer the world. Do you ever, uh, do you want to? <laughs> uh, no, nah, not particularly. I'm just, uh, I'm just writing on here and I'm appearing on this whenever I appear on, yeah. appear on this. So um, that's about it. If I write a screenplay, I'll <laughs> if I fully get through any more screenplays, I'll come back on and talk about them. <laughs> awesome. Um, thank you for coming on, Frank, and thank you listener for listening to another episode 30 minutes or less we'll see you next week hopefully if i'm bothered to actually add another episode (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) thanks again everyone bye